history, feminine energy, if you know, if you take the time to look at the history books, feminine energy is power. Yeah. Feminine energy is power, but to see, you know, Cleopatra beyond, you know, beyond, beyond, beyond. And um, and I think that there is a reconnection there, you know, with menopause. I think there is a moment for us to stop and just think, actually, hang on a minute. Is this a time for me to give up or to give whatever is left versus is this a time for me to take? Is this a time for me to step into power and and I don't mean power in any kind of like you know cra- crazy I don't mean power as in force I mean power as in you know ge- genuine energetic power right welcome to the menopause mastery podcast a show for women just like you who are ready for more health vitality passion living life with a purpose I created this show because I knew that women just like me in this second season of life, the season of menopause, are really tapping into their deepest desires. And we're ready to harness our physical and mental health and explore what our true passions are and peel back the layers to uncover exactly what we want out of life. I'm your host, Betty Murray, part geek, part magician, and your new medical bestie with a dash of sass. I love taking the complex science and making it easier to integrate into daily life. So let's join the journey to make this season the best ever. Oh my gosh, Mel, I am so excited to talk to you because of who you are and where you've been in the world. And I think my listeners are going to love it. So tell me, tell me a little bit about how you got here. You know, you've had a, you've had a varied past like all of us, and I'd love to hear your story. Oh, that's fantastic. Thanks, Betty. So. Hey, you know, I have had a pretty eclectic background in terms of my professional career. And I guess in the sort of, you know, the latter chapter of my professional career, I've been in this world of digital transformation. So I've been working with really big organizations on complex transformations and working in particular with the leaders. And, And I guess, you know, the key thing to my area of value where I I really help in terms of advisory, in terms of consulting and mentoring and coaching is with the leaders on mindset shift. And I've been working with the leaders on mindset shift and hence me being the author of modern mindset shift. And that is really important for the conversation today, I think, because modern mindset shift in the work that I do with organizations, with leaders, females and male, gender agnostic, and all over the world, public sector and private sector, and you know, sometimes with big organizations, it's really uh, about helping leaders to, number one, understand who they are, number two, be okay about leaning into the desire and the dream of where we wanna go, and also then to help them practically put a pathway to get from now to there. And you might go, oh, Mel, you know, there's a million and one people on the earth that are doing that at the moment. And I and I totally get that. But I think what is really important to me, which brings me to, I guess, you know, the, the world of, you know, midlife and, and females like yourself and myself and, and, and so many of your listeners is this, is that um, there's a huge amount of wealth and value in ancient wisdom. There's a huge amount of wealth and value in emerging technology and leveraging 
technology. So technology doesn't control you, but you are the master of technology. And also there is a huge amount of wealth and value in something so much more modern and nascent, which is neuroscience, you know, which is which is neuroplasticity, neurogenesis, you know, we can change and stretch our mind, but we also can create. And and those three things for me are really, really important. So I've been doing all of that with leaders, female, male, agnostic of gender in organizations all over the world for the last 10 to 15 years. But then four years ago, things changed for me. And, uh, you know, I guess, I, I guess I hit a wall, I guess, you know, I can, I can look back and say I hit a wall. Did I know that at the time, Betty? I don't think I did, but I just had these implicit symptoms, these tiny little things that were happening and in of themselves were nothing. But when they came together, there was a massive shift that was, that was happening in my life. And I had a choice. I had a choice to either allow it to take hold of me or I control it. And I thought to myself, gosh, you know, while I've done my 10,000 hours with, you know, my day job, could, could I use some of that knowledge, some of those techniques, some of those practices and disciplines, see whether they could help me in, you know, what I was going through. So I did, and it didn't all work, but more often than not, it did work. And I, uh, I learned something that over and above, you, you know, what you hear and what you read about and over and above the medical side of things, I recognize that what's inside of here and what's inside of here is all within our capacity for growth and control and and that's so transformative so i've talked i've talked a lot there but anyway you know there we go so that's kind of where i come from bessie okay awesome you know it's um so obviously we're talking a little bit about that transition yeah. through menopause and that experience you know i i would say i i had a tech background and then went back to school to go into the medical field and and specifically nutrition so i i kind of like i embrace the idea of you know, technology in my world because I had lived that professionally. But, you know, it's it's an interesting thing to kind of look at the ancient wisdom, the, mm-hmm. the extraordinary growth of technology, what I, which I definitely want to get into. But the piece that you kind of mentioned was that your own personal transition through menopause, right? And that, I mean, personally, I I felt this sort of opening up of my experience. I didn't I didn't have really awful symptoms, you know, that a lot of people talk about, but it was all of a sudden, like, I felt like I was channeling some data and some information that I know didn't have available to me then, which prompted me to start this podcast and all these other things, because I was like, I believe, I believe women in this season of life have an extraordinary capacity to create change in whatever they find valuable and necessary in the world, and that we just need to embrace it. And, and find those avenues. And you obviously do that. So what I'd love for you to do is kind of explain how you unpack that ancient wisdom and that digital technology. Because I can tell you, I have a lot of clients in my age group that are terrified of the digital technology that's happening today. And I'm, I'm embracing it. I'm all over the place with AI and everything. But can you help people sort of unpack that, you know? Yeah, absolutely. So I think it'd be really interesting for your readers to know that. So I'm, I'm born and bred Welsh. So I'm Welsh. And a lot of aunts of mine were Druids, right? So, you know, I'm not going to go into religion or anything like that. But the reason why I mention that 
is that, you know, in terms of ancient wisdom, even when I was a really young child, there was a acknowledgement that the fem feminine power was real and to be respected by all, you know, young and old and, and across gender. And also, and also for the individual woman, you know, the, the real, you know, the female, I'm not going to, I'm not going to say matriarchs, Betty, I'm going to say the, the, the female powerhouses around me, my mum being one of them, didn't, it was this real sense came into themselves. They flourished into the latter years. And so many women in modern society with, you know, you know, the narrative that is in front of us are, we're being fed this, you know, this narrative, which is, gosh, you know, you, you go through the menopause and then all of a sudden it's kind of like the downward slope. It's the, it's the slowing down. It's the, it's the, it's the, the ever so slight dehydration of who we are and what we are and how we look and all of that kind of stuff. And it's like, no, no, that's not where I come from. That's not, that's not how I was brought up. So I had that confidence, right? So I had that belief in the back of my head. So I think for me, you know, the ancient wisdom piece was natural. My grandfather was both a surgeon, but he was also a homeopath. So he also had that alternative piece in his belief system. So it's natural to me. So if it was natural, I went there, right? If it was natural, I gave it a go. And I, and I felt that it was equal to a, par, you know, paracetamol or a tablet or a painkiller, you know, I was just like, well, let's have some, let, you know, let's have some tea or let's, you know, let's do, do something which is herbal or alternative. And I think that's really, really important. So the, the ancient wisdom for me is, is, is more to do with the ancient wisdom that comes from the historical, really ancient historical female archetype power. Mm. You know, we don't, you know, it's not getting older and getting weaker. It's getting, getting older and getting stronger. So that's, that's what I mean by that. Whereas a lot of people would talk to ancient wisdom for some beautiful, beautiful reasons around, you know, yoga and, you know, and, and, and all of the ancient wisdom that comes from different, different areas of life and different societies and different cultures. And that's brilliant. And bring that in. I, I call, I, you know, I call upon it. But for me, it was more about the mate, you know, it's more about the female power and getting into that wisdom of the female power. So that's really important to me, really, really important to me. Now, how do you help your your clients, you know, look at this new digital world and go, gosh, you know, I need to I need to embrace it, right? I need to embrace it. And I would say my word would be harness it, yeah. you know? So yeah. so tell me a little bit about sort of your perspective of how you work with your, your clients around that idea. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, the first thing is about connection, isn't it, Betty? The first thing is about connection. And, you know, and for me, I always, I always look back before I look forward. And, you know, when I'm working with a client, I always say, well, you know, there's going to be somebody in your life that you know, and you remember from your childhood or from your formative years, where you're listening to what they're saying, and they're looking at you and you're embracing something that is new and of, you know, de rigueur for you, that they're going, oh my God, what are you doing? You know, what are you doing? But you are doing something that's new and it's and you are embracing that for yourself. And I think that tapping into that connection with remembering, remembering that you 
were somebody that was bringing something new to your parent, to your older sister, to your older brother, you know, your sibling, your parent, your guardian, whatever. And they were looking at you and going, that's changed, that's new. What are you on about? But actually, that's where you are now. So I think the first thing to do is always think about connection. Think about connection. Think about the connection story. It's so incredibly important because we all have a connection story where we can look back and think, when I first saw something that was new and was really exciting to me and I took it to somebody that was older and they looked at it and they looked at me and they thought, what are you talking about? But actually, that was that curiosity, that was that real that real energy for change, that real energy for newness, that real energy for transformation and metamorphosis and evolution. So connection is really important. That's the first thing. And then the second thing I think that is so important for me when I work with my clients is once you tap into the fact that you were once somebody that was into change and wanting change and curious and, you know, I'm not the other person on the other end that you might be now. Uh, the next thing is, how on earth do you journey into that? How on earth do you start on that? Especially when we're going through a time of life like, you know, menopause, which is increased cortisol, so therefore increased anxiety, you know, like, you know, sometimes sleep patterns are just completely and utterly erratic, you know, all, so, so many symptoms. I don't, you know, I don't need to or talk about that because I'm sure that you you have, have gone through that before with different people on, on your podcast. But the key thing is how do you how do you navigate all of those symptoms with this, you know, coming back to and remembering this curiosity? How do you get back into it? And it's small. It's small. It's the tiny, 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 tiny little pieces. It's the tiny little shifts. It's the one percent. One percent of our day, one percent of our working day is equal to 10 minutes maximum, you know? So it's really important for me when I'm working with somebody to first get a connection with curiosity, get a connection with possibility. And then the next thing is, okay, let's start with the smallest thing. It's not about how much I need to do. And boy, as women, do we need, we're constantly talking of how much we need to do because we're juggling all of these plates and we live with so many identity hats. And actually it's it's tough, you know, to bring it down to what's the minimum amount of shift for me to make a difference? What's the minimum amount of shift that can make me feel better? What's the minimum amount of shift that can take me from here to there? And I think it's really important to work you know, with ourselves and with others on the minimum viable shift, super, super important. And I know also you alluded to the kind of tech thing and I, I'm going to, I'll probably take a break here and just, you know, I can come back into that because, you know, that's another thing. But I think the reconnection is the first thing, which is incredibly important to reconnect with curiosity and dreams and, and, and possibility. But we, we tend to forget that tiny progressive, repetitive shifts are a heck of a lot more powerful than just thinking about how much do I need to do, which is very much a part of the way that we live our lives as females, huh? Absolutely. I mean, that, you know, you just kind of summarized a whole philosophical way of 
really looking at how to embrace this time period because, I mean, statistically, we are going to be potentially, if we had children, we might still be managing children. They may still be at home or they could be boomerangs where they left and came back. You know, but a lot of us are also caring for elderly parents. If we aren't right now, we have or we will. And 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 we are spinning all these plates and how to really kind of look at it in a way that makes it manageable, small, manageable chunks. You know, so going back, like even to that technology piece and, you know, because your your professional experience obviously is helping people embrace that sort of digital world. But I think your idea of connecting to it and then also recognizing that you were that really curious, you know, uh, really excited individual at one point where anything that was new was super exciting and that you could re-embrace. I mean, yeah, it's it's like that one statement is like, okay, oh yeah, I was probably that way when I was 16 years old and my parents and grandparents couldn't understand me, didn't, didn't appreciate it probably, but that you could reconnect with that individual and then take minuscule steps to understand and, and move within this world because it is moving quickly. But I think if we can bring our wisdom, intellect, and all of our experiences that we have stuffed in our own personal backpack and bring it into the dramatic changes that are happening into our present world right now, our influence will be greater as women. And I think we need that feminine energy. I think we, I think the planet, if anything, especially the things going on right now, need that feminine connective energy. And it is our, I think, women in our age group that have the ability and, and activity to do that. Without a doubt. I mean, you know, Betty, look at history, right? If you look at history, feminine energy, if, you know, if you take the time to look at the history books, feminine energy is power, Yeah. Feminine energy is power, but to see, you know, Cleopatra beyond, you know, beyond, beyond, beyond. And um, and I think that there is a reconnection there, you know, with menopause. I think there is a moment for us to stop and just think, actually, hang on a minute. Is this a time for me to give up or to give whatever is left versus is this a time for me to take? Is this a time for me to step into power? And and I don't mean power in any kind of like, you know, cra- crazy. I don't mean power as in force. I mean power as in, you know, ge- genuine energetic power, right? And, and, and I guess, you know, the other thing as well, I mean, if you want to go into the energetics of it, um, I was reading an article last week, Betty, and it was really, really quite powerful, really quite interesting how it was talking about there isn't any major medical statistical evidence to prove why, why a human being, male, female, or any gender, would die at a particular age. And yet, you know, in America, in the UK, in Europe, in you know, every country has an average mortality age. But then you look at the blue zone work that, you know, and we've got you know, people in all of the blue zones in the world of the readers that aren't aware of the blue zones, the blue zones in the world are those areas where there are centenarians, you know, people that live to the age of 100 and beyond at a high concentration. But then you look at ancient history and then it goes beyond that, right? So there's no actual medical scientific reason why we should age. But there's a big thing in here. There's a big thing in our brain, you know, that if the average age of mortality is 83 for men and 85 for women, then the average people will die around about in and in and around about that age. But what if we hack that? And that's where we start to get into the world of bringing 
mindset and the whole technology piece into you know thriving through this time of life into into what could potentially be for some of us if not many of us the best the best times you know uh, bringing in that tech the, you know the word hack yeah there's there's oh gosh Betty there's so much in there yeah yeah you know it's it's funny because obviously the the Blue Zone Netflix series, you know, just played out. And if Blue Zones, they've been doing that research since the early early 2000s. I think the first publishing yeah. was like 2008. And and as a nutritionist, right? So I'm watching it. And even in the Netflix things, he's like, you know, people are going to start focusing on what tea did they drink? Wow, it's the purple potato. Oh, it's the... But, but really, when you start looking at it and you and then you look at all the Blue Zones that were that were put into these groups and looked at... Mindset, connection, community are the Correct. real drivers, are truly, truly the real drivers. Those other, you know, diet, living in a high elevation, actually, and, and having varied terrain and having to walk and be physical and those things made a difference. But the three underlying in all communities was that connection, was that community and that sort of shared experience and the mindset that, you know, you're still valid, you're still part of the community, you're still important. Those are the things that really allow us to thrive. But then we can use the technology like functional medicine and all these other things to optimize our biochemistry to help work in a way that works, right? So obviously I'm on that side with the, the science part of it, right? The, well, not even the science, more so the biochemistry side of it. But you, you jump into the mindset and you have a particular method, your TEA method or team method, yeah. team mastery. Tell my listeners a little bit about that because I think that's the mindset shift people need to start making. Sure, sure. So um, T mastery. So T T E A time, energy, and attention. And I think you know, for me, one of the things, Betty, that I've realised is that T time, energy, and attention. If we're able to, and actually every single one of us is able to master these elements, then what we're doing is we're giving ourselves the strongest foundations for thriving into the future. So, you know, I'm not I'm not here to be a big kind of like abundance, you know, this is the this is the wealth, this is the, you know, this is the thrive so no, no. What I'm saying is time, energy and attention are the foundational, are the fundamental cornerstones of being able to thrive into the future, being able to make a choice for where next and being able to manage and control. So time management. When I say time management, what am I talking about? I'm talking about controlling time. I'm talking about how many of us feel and live our lives through the lens of time. When do I need to be here? How much time have I got before I need to do that? Well, if I do that at five o'clock, then I'll, I'll be ready to pick up the kids at six o'clock. And and we flow through this kind of swim lane time. It's the wrong way around. It's totally the wrong way around. So the first thing for me is to really hack into time management and to break it down completely with people that I live with, work with, and then and then bring it back up from there. So time is really important. And the other thing as well is that once you break down time and the way that you think about time from a mindset perspective, your belief system around time, what you start to recognize is that it does not control you. You control 
it. And the moment you start controlling time, the less time becomes linear. You know, you start playing around with it. I mean, I'm a flow practitioner. So, you know, I know what it means to get somebody into the zone, right? So, you know, when somebody is into the zone and when I'm in the zone, I can be working and I look at the clock and, you know, oh my gosh, you know, three hours has gone past and I feel like I've only worked for like 20 minutes. So time is an, is an illusion. So time time mastery is really important. So that's really imp- that that's the first thing, because a lot of um, a lot of anxiety can come around time. That the whole concept of time can create anxiety. So if I can break that down, and if we can work on that and make it non-linear and start controlling it, that's really important. The next thing is energy. E is energy. Energy management. And this one is really important because I think that, you know, when you think about emotions and, you know, hot flushes and, you know, the anxiety that comes up and it builds up and you're not in control of it. You're not in control of when it happens. And when it happens, you're not in control of it, right? That's energy. And that's energy cannot be created or can, energy cannot be created or destroyed, but it can be but can be changed from one form to another. And I think the most important thing for us to recognize is that if we can recognize it, we can change it. If we can recognize it, we can take it from here to here. And that's the most important thing for me. You know, are you spiraling up or are you spiraling down? So energy management is really important. The fluctuations that we have, the uncontrollable fluctuations can be controlled. And sometimes, not always, without drugs. And I think for me, you know, it's certainly in terms of the subtle symptoms that I experienced, I was able to manage the fluctuations of energy through non-medical interventions, morning routine, evening routine, you know, time management, mastery. The final one, Betty, is the A, which is attention management. Attention management is probably the one thing that everybody will be familiar with, which is the brain fog, right? The, you know, oh, I can't remember what I was about to say. What was I talking about? Oh, what was it? You know, so it's that clarity. It's that attention. It's that recalibration. And absolutely, without question for me, when you put ancient technology, emerging technology, and neuroscience together, those three things give you the, the capacity to recalibrate how you focus on things, you know? What do I need to focus on? And what is most important to me? And what is my purpose? And that's really important. So time, energy, and attention, T mastery, essentially the use of ancient wisdom, ancient technology, ancient techniques, emerging technologies, you know, mobile phones and all of that kind of stuff, apps, but also neuroscience and what's coming out of neuroscience to help us to really found foundationally anchor time, energy, and attention so that we have got increased choice in order to build and design the next phase of our life. You know, really lean into our desires and our dreams for where we want to go to. Yeah, I love that. I love that. That's fabulous. Fabulous. So I know that you've got some special gifts for our listeners. We have, I believe you've got a, a, two documents that share your kind of morning and evening routine. Can you tell them a little bit about what those freebies are? Because we'll put links in our, in our show notes for those. Because, you know, I, 
we talk a lot about routines and things like that, but, you know, having one that we know works that has been used time and time again with your clients would be awesome. So tell them what you expect. Absolutely. So my morning routine is and and evening routine. I just, you know, the the top 10 things that I engage in and and use, you know, it's really important for me, I think, you know, in the morning routine, how you start your day is so important. How you end your day actually gives you a springboard into in into your sleep patterns and your health, your sleep hygiene and that then it's circular, isn't it, into how you wake up in the morning and where you go from there. So it's all circular. One is not more important than the other. Hey, that's really important, Betty. Uh, A lot of, you know, people that I've worked with have said, oh, can I just do the morning routine? Because I'm a morning person. I'm going to do that now. Or I'll just, you know, maybe I'll just like, you know, I'll go for the evening routine because, you know, I like, I like waking up at night and I like, you know, I like, I like when the kids have gone to bed. This is when, you know, when I get my high energy. But I think they're both equally as important. So the two uh, the two documents that I'd love, you know, to, to share with everybody are essentially the 10 top techniques that through trial and error have really worked for me. And, and that's not, you know, just through the time of life that I'm in, but they are really powerful, important techniques for thriving in the modern world that we're living in right where where it's incredibly difficult to know what's real uh, you know there is mass white noise around us we're all trying to reconnect with who we are we're all trying to understand what real truth means and we are all trying to be as healthy as we possibly can so i think you know for me is how you end your day and how you start your day are super, super important. And whichever way around you want to put that is entirely up to you. So the two things I'd love to share, my, my, you know, my trial and error top 10 tips for a great morning routine and, and also my top tips for an evening routine. What I will say is something that I, how many of your readers have tapped into, but one thing for me that's been incredibly powerful is the five Tibetan rites. So I've spent many, many, many years as a yoga, a yoga student, day in, day out, and I absolutely advocate it. Um, However, I um, was introduced about five years ago to the Tibetan rites and and recognized that actually this is something that not only can be a minimum standard of movement and a little bit of meditative uh, practice, but it can also be a warm-up for a yoga routine as well. So I think, you know, for for any of the readers and the listeners of of your work, I think it'd be really, really good to tap into the Tibetan rites. And I said that, I could see that you were like, I could see a nod on your, so you've obviously, you've obviously tapped into them yourself, Betty. Absolutely. You know, a lot of people may not know this, but I, I taught yoga from about 2001 to 2010 and, and yeah. traveled traveled around the world and, and studied yeah. with different practitioners. But, you know, the Tibetan rites, you know, for anybody, even if it's like I don't do yoga or I've never done that, it's yeah. it's a movement pattern that just wakes up your entire body. And it's a meditative movement and it's beautiful and, and it's designed to really 
help anybody move but get the body and kind of lubricated and ready for the day. And it's beautiful. It's a beautiful five, 10 minute routine and, you know, good to go, you know. But I, you know, I have people that I work with that are in their 80s still doing it, you know, with no problem whatsoever. So, yeah, it's a great great tool it's amazing it's amazing and, and, and i love it because as you go through the there's five key exercises to the tibetan rites and you can work yourself up, up you can you know you can start at seven you can work your way up to 20 21 you know iterations of each of those five stages each of those five exercises what's beautiful is that at the end of that you know those five exercises you've literally you have woken up your entire spinal cord. You've woken up your entire spinal cord. And I think that's something that's really important because you stand tall, you got confidence. You stand tall, there's more possibility. You know, you believe in more because you're standing tall, right? It's the, it's the power pose. And the Tibetan rites can give you that really, really pulling you up, which is so important for all of us, in particular as women, going through midlife. Absolutely. Well, and that's our super highway back and forth from the brain to the rest of the body. So if you want it to communicate properly, it's got to be it's got to be lubed up and warmed up. <laughs> How about that? <laughs> without, without a doubt. Without a doubt. Out of doubt. So Mel, if if people wanted to find you, where can we find you online? Um, I'm available on LinkedIn. So I'm available on LinkedIn at Mel Ross, Nee Scott Taylor, which is my maiden name. And then I'm available on Instagram as Modern Mindset Mentor, modern.mindset.mentor. And also on YouTube as Mel Ross, double one, double one. Awesome. Awesome. And Mel, this has been such a fabulous conversation. And everybody, you know, she took time away from a trip in Sicily to have this conversation, which I'm just so jealous of because I've not made it to Sicily yet. I want to thank you for taking time and chatting with me. It's been wonderful. That's bless you. Thank you so much, Bessie. And I am just so pleased that I've been able to have a chat with you and all of your listeners. And yeah, you know, there's a blue sky here. I'm about to head back to the UK and I believe it's about 10 degrees there, whereas we've had 32 degrees here in Sicily today. So I'm just, you know, really, really, really happy that I've got short sleeves and I'm about to put my big, big bully jumpers on when I head back to the UK. But yeah, it's been beautiful here. So it's been a pleasure. I'm so delighted to be here with you. Well, thank you. Thank you so much. And thank you, everybody, for listening to Menopause Mastery. And you can check everything in the show notes to find Mel and to get her her recommended start time and end time evening activities. We'll have those documents linked in the show notes. And I thank you for listening to Menopause Mastery. Thank you, Mel. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Menopause Mastery podcast. You are why I'm here, and I am so very grateful. Hit subscribe so you don't miss any wisdom on creating the most exceptional life on our terms. If this episode has helped you in any way, please share it with a friend to spread the love and together we rise. You can follow me on social media at Betty Murray PhD and you can reach me online at BettyMurray.com. 